0: Welcome back to another episode of Spotlight with Sandalina. I'm your talk show host, Sandalina Sitar, and today we have on Kushi as our guest, better known as She Talks and Eats. She is a South Asian influencer, the founder of Defeating Disorders, and she's a full-time marketing coordinator for a startup. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. So Kushi and I originally met... Within a couple months of me moving to New York City, we were both at the South Asian New York Fashion Week after party. It was at 2 35th, the rooftop. And I remember I, I showed up alone. I didn't really know many people, but I wanted to meet people. I, I think we were introduced by a mutual friend, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And we ended up chit chatting a little bit. But I think after that, we exchanged contact information and ran into each other a couple more times where I reintroduced myself and, and I think she invited me to her Diwali party yeah. uh, last year. And I was, I was so honored. So I was like, wow, we haven't hung out one-on-one yet. And here you are inviting me. And I got to know her. And I think that was, we just hit it off. And I think we've kept in touch since. And she's she's a really near and dear friend Aww. in the
1: city. It honestly is crazy to me that it's been just a year. Because yeah. uh, it's like Diwali time right now. And honestly, it just goes to show that like some friendships you don't need to know for too long. It just, yeah as you hit it off immediately and then it just like is the rest is history kind of thing yeah uh but yeah i think going back to how we met um i just feel like i got such good energy from you the first time i met you it was like you were radiating positivity and to this day like i will not say any other thing to describe you i feel like that's every time i meet you i'm just like i can't stop smiling um Aww. and so yeah thank you again for having me this is such an honor and i'm so excited for you this is a beginning thank of something you. so huge thank you so much uh yeah by the way you're glowing today i love your outfit <laughs> thank you my grandma
0: made this cover up. Oh actually she'll love that you said that oh uh, that's so cute no, I, I feel the exact same way about you. You are a ray of sunshine, and that's why it made total sense to have you on. I think everybody could benefit from your contagious energy, and thanks oh, for coming.
1: Thank so yeah. <laughs> So excited to dive in. Yeah, let's let's get right yeah. in.
0: Okay, so everybody knows you as she talks and eats. Let's go back to the very beginning of all that. Mm-hmm. So where were you
1: born and raised? So I was born in India in this uh, in the city called Chennai, which okay. is like South India, but then I moved to New Delhi and, and then I grew up in Gurgaon for the for the majority of my life.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. So
1: is that, I'm not too familiar with India geographically, yeah. so is that more big city kind of? As- yeah. Okay. New Delhi is the capital of India Right. Okay. Uh, and Gurgaon is like just the neighboring city right next to it. Okay. So it's, yeah. So I lived there and then I, um, back in the day, like I used to swim professionally. So I was a competitive swimmer all the way from the age of 11. And so every day, like twice a day, I would have to go for training. Uh, (laughs) And the pool was in New Delhi, so I would have to do the commute like four times a day. That's fantastic.
0: Thank you. So
1: let's go back to the early
0: days. So tell me a little bit about your parents. What's your relationship with them like individually? And what's kind of their parenting philosophy been with you growing up?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I feel like every child says this, but I've been blessed with probably the best parents in the world. (laughs) uh individually and together i feel like they've they've raised me and my sister with like just the right amount of um i want to say mentorship and authority where it's like they've given us the freedom to make mistakes to choose what we want to be doing in our lives uh but also they've guided us when we needed that you know support and that guidance and that strictness to some extent like you know like where my mom was um she was obviously a very protective mother uh and so was my dad but they have been harsh with us at times when needed not to a not in a bad way obviously, right but like needed, yeah a parent. very very good parent like a very yeah. well-rounded and like nobody gave them a textbook for it but the fact that they've like done such a good job um and have raised two kids who are doing well for the well for themselves is commendable
0: how would you describe your parents individually so in my case for example i would say like i love both my parents and i have different relationships with them yeah i would say my dad's always been like the the pragmatic sort of more logical one that's always Mm -hmm. supporting me in every endeavor and my mom is also supportive but she has more emotions and more fears that she displays openly at least yeah so how would you kind of describe your parents in that
1: same nature Hmm, honestly quite similar to yeah. your parents. Uh, I think my father has been, I mean he's he's been my best friend. Both, both my yeah. parents are my best friends in different ways. Uh, so back to, going back to swimming, uh, all the way from getting up 4.30am in the morning, my dad would be up with me, he would take me to the pool, oh. he would come back with me, drop me off to school, uh, he would pack my, like me, my mom and my dad would like, as a partnership team, like they would make my tiffin in the morning, like I would have all my meals in the car uh he would be there for all my ptms like he would be there for all my tournaments so he was the one person that like was my safe place yeah um and like i always tear up when i'm talking about him (laughs) because i love him so much and honestly like i am who i am because of both of them um and my dad has just he's been such a good parent honestly he's always put his kids first he's always been like I don't know how no well, I think it's also because my sister is actually getting engaged today, like in <gasps> India and wow. I'm not there. oh my gosh okay. Yeah. Okay. but um, anyway, like going back to my parents, um, my dad was the the dad who was always there, yeah, like everyone would always notice all the teachers would know him as like Khushi's father, yeah. and, like. Uh, he'd always be there, he'd always be so proud of me as well, like he would come back from PTM's if I wasn't there. PTM's by the way a parent-teacher meeting, Okay. which it. you would have like every few months, you know, where there's like, they meet and they tell you how your kid is doing kind yeah. of thing. So he would go and he would take like a voice recording of everything the teacher has said, <laughs> so that he could like, make me listen to it. Yeah. Uh, because I was, I was a good student in, in yeah. school, so you'd always be like, okay, see like what your teacher said, We're very cute uh and my mom was uh honestly just like the cutest person you'll be she has she has that like innocent side to her um she's very emotionally intelligent extremely emotionally intelligent where like if i'm going through absolutely anything in my life and i need to be vulnerable like she's the first person who'll like be there so in that way i think she's made me like the emotional quotient part of like being in touch with your emotions being self-aware being vocal about things that like you know you would probably in other Indian families or in other South Asian families you would find kids being scared about like opening up to their parents I've never had that because of my mom and being how like receptive she is um to honestly anything like as a child I've been like wow like that is a very good parent yeah Yeah. very good parenting technique so I think both of them have done a very very good job They've an amazing job looking at yeah. the incredible
0: <laughs> woman you are today. But no, I think that really resonates. I think the bond that a father and a daughter have is so strong. So strong. And the bond that a mother and a daughter have is very different, but also equally strong in a very different way. Oh, and I think it's, it's not an apples to apples thing. And I think they're both complementary to who. You are, as a person, I think yeah. it's important to have those presences, and it's, it's a blessing and an honor to be able to. So thank you for opening up, by the way, and also congratulations to your sister. Thank you. And we're sending
1: her love from New York. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I, mean, I wish she was. I wish I was there to celebrate the a yeah. big deal with her, but you know how it is, work and all of yeah. that other stuff. I and mean, then
0: you mentioned your sister, so tell me about her. What's your age gap? What's that dynamic been like growing up? Oh, I love
1: that question. I've never been asked that before, but she's my best friend. She Aww. really is like i um i can't there's nothing that I don't tell her. Yeah. uh, she's my safest like she's like my soft board. I like go to her for advice, I go yeah. to her for clothes. I go to her for everything <laughs> honestly and um she's she's such a good human at heart, like yeah. she's probably the most genuine human being you'll ever meet uh very very pure um and we have three years of an age gap so it's not too too crazy uh two and a half actually so i've always like obviously when we were younger we had a different dynamic because i would always be like oh can i play with our friends like when they're here and she's like no you're the little sister (laughs) but now um now we're like always in each other's like friend groups and also um yeah i'm like dating her fiance's like long-time best friend kind of thing. That's the dream double date. That's amazing. (laughs) So now we're all like very interconnected. Yeah,
0: that is so, so, so beautiful. And I want to understand a little bit more about your upbringing in India. Mm -hmm. So now you're in the U.S., tell me a little bit about some elements of culture shock and maybe before that, just talk about what was it like growing up in India?
1: Back in India, my life was heavily sport-related. So I was like Like, I I was a national-level swimmer. I wanted to swim for India at the Olympics. Like, that was the dream. Uh, And so from the age of 11 to until my freshman year of college, I, like, swam. Like yeah. that was my identity, I was the swimmer in school, like I was um, I was also like a tall girl growing up. I mean because of the height quotient and I like obviously was always very fitness oriented and like yeah. my dad was always in a sport, my mom was very, she was a swimmer as well. So I think that um, given how involved I was in, uh, in being an athlete, um, it, I was living a very different life than I am today and also, a very different life than I was living in comparison to like other students, yeah. Um, so like waking up at 4 30 a.m. is obviously not the norm for a lot of people, right? right? And then, um, going to competitions every single every two weeks, yeah. Um, having dealing with a lot of competition internally every day at training and then winning races but also losing so many, yeah. Because, like, everybody hears about like oh she just won a gold medal or like oh she like is going to represent India or whatever but like nobody hears about the time when you like come forth by 0.01 of course it like cultivates you to become a different human being um, because you learn how to handle failure you learn how to handle like oh it's not the end of the day if you don't win today you you need to be happy for someone else yeah uh, a lot of the times it like boils down to obviously how much hard work you put in but also a lot of luck is involved because uh, everyone that makes like the semi-finals or the finals has on- honestly worked very very hard to be there, of course you know so when you go back home and you have to like channelize that disappointment as motivation for the next day to work harder yeah I think that makes a child a, a few years beyond them you know it yeah. makes you a little more grounded and may, also i think when you do when you realize that like this is also not the end of the world like you're not yeah. gonna that you're not gonna stay at the top all the time so it makes you more humble i would yeah. want to say like it also makes you realize that like no extremity you know yeah be like moderate in everything like a sustainable <laughs> level yeah. of happiness exactly yeah. like enjoy and like celebrated of course but you yeah. don't have to be like oh now I'm like the king of the world kind of thing because that'll yeah. b- bite you in the ass later absolutely like the point that you touched on about you can't
0: win all the time and I think that's a misconception with you know we see social media oftentimes we're led to believe that everybody's constantly winning all the time and it really alters our perception of reality and makes us feel so much worse about our failures yeah but the reality is I think those failures should be celebrated because you can't win every time and it's those failures that teach you to get back up. I mean, I look back on my life and I think back to moments when I didn't get what I wanted. And that was the time for me to step up and learn and rewrite my own destiny. So I love that you said that it's like, you know, you, you would lose, but then you would also win. And then the times that you were winning, you're happy. And the times that you lose, you learn to celebrate your peers. Yeah. And a lot of people get caught up in competition and insecurity and in the adult world too, not just as children. And it's really crazy to see. So the fact that you had that foundation so young and, and not just the found the discipline, I think mm-hmm. as well, is really, really admirable. Mm-hmm. You were constantly swimming. So yeah. how did that impact your health and your daily routine and, and fitness and lifestyle? Obviously, so
1: active yeah. that um, my diet was extremely like healthy. Yeah, Um, obviously because I had to eat, you know, high protein diet and like uh, be healthy on the most part because you need that extra fuel. Uh, but also had a very, very good relationship with food, like I would never overthink what I, in fact I would eat whatever was inside. My mom still reminds me of like times when I've come back home after swimming practice and like I've downed six aloo parathas with butter on <laughs> it she's just like oh my god like can I get you one more and I'm like you know yeah. maybe yes let's do it. Yeah. When that relationship changed with food, yeah. it was devastating for most of, like not just devastating but so shocking that like it was the same, it's the same girl who used to like literally inhale these parathas and yeah. did not touch one anymore you know so yeah. like, that was uh, honestly a very very big drastic change in who I was and um, what an eating disorder does to you um, also like in school because of all of the swimming practices and tournaments I would my social life would suffer obviously yeah like it's a I would commitment. yeah I wouldn't be able to go for parties I didn't drink alcohol until like I came to college and stuff so okay. obviously a lot of those things makes you a little bit alienated from everything yeah. that's going on you're not a normal teenager you're not having so much fun so that way I suffered because I didn't have as many friends in school there were times when I would be eating lunch alone and like wow. those are hard obviously as like a young younger person when you're just and especially when you have like eyes on you, yeah. um but it makes you strong also at the end of the day where you're. I've come to like as a twenty two year old. I can say that I am my own best friend. Yeah, and that's also amazing. Yeah, and I wish I had that confidence like when I was younger where I was like I, I'm happy to welcome anyone who wants to be in my company. But like it's fine, you know. Yeah. And back back in the day, like I did not know that.
0: Yeah. I imagine a, a version of you that that had to go through all that because every time i see you, you're you constantly attracting people <laughs> and, I, and i mean that in the best way possible people constantly want to be around you so i can't even fathom that there was a time in your life where that wasn't the case and maybe you had to learn to be your own best friend not by choice but by circumstance yeah and that is appalling but i think it, it goes to show that people are capable of so much more than they get credit for at some stages in their life i think there's a lot of unrealized potential when we're kids and, and people can be really mean and, and they can they can you know there's a lot of mob mentality and a kind of insecurity and, and bullying and stuff so I think it's it's incredible that you were able to come out of all of that and really be who you are today and, and inspire people and, and motivate people to be better I mean there's there's two paths when you endure something you either become bitter and sad and that's also very valid I think it's fair or you say I want to change and I don't yeah. want anyone else to go through that and, yeah. and those are two different things so it's nice to see you tread the path of the ladder
1: I, I I totally think. agree, and I think that's why I got into um content creation. Yes, it's because I wanted to be a medium and a platform where I can be vulnerable and I can be honest and I can um help someone else who's probably going through something similar yeah. to one tell them that like I'm a real life example that it's the time that you spent struggling is so important you won't see it when you're in it like when yeah. it'll be the worst time like and those moments of like weakness those moments of when you have to cry like cry yeah be in touch with your emotions like fully be honest with what you're going through because that will you'll come out of it a lot stronger you mentioned content creation yes. and i want to get into that let's talk about the early days of
0: your college experience. So I think coming to New York was a part of your content creation journey. So I wanted mm-hmm. to hear about the
1: shift to America. Yeah, I wanted to explore. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. I still don't. <laughs> no one does is the reality yeah. I've learned. <laughs> but I didn't know what I wanted to study. And like um, the one good thing that the US gives you is you can explore different subjects and you can yeah. take a lot of different classes uh, while swimming. Okay. so that's what i decided to do i went to a d3 school uh, which is division three i okay. swam uh, competitively like the plan was to swim competitive for all four years yeah um while you know exploring i like kind of realized that i wanted to go down psychology more and marketing and business so that happened thanks yeah. to being in the us um I went to connecticut first actually so right. i was at wesleyan for one year yeah. until and my sister at the time was in New York she was uh, a student at Parsons Uh, and I would visit her often because that was when a lot of my because I was so far away from home um, and I finally realized that like swimming was so enjoyable in India or like I really didn't never questioned whether or not it was making me happy because I had my father, my mother and my coach heavily involved in it so right. it was even though it was an individual sport it was all like a partnership right so now that i had to like when i was in connecticut i had to wake up i had to go to practice go to tournaments be as diligent and as serious about it as i was in india but without those like you know other counterparts in it yeah i realized that like oh maybe i'm not enjoying it as much and it just so happened that like covid it that was the COVID year like 2019 so when I ended up going back home um the pool shut down and so for months like I was not swimming and then I never really like came back to it because I was like it's not bad to like have some time off yeah and explore different things that I like wanted to do um and during this time was also when I first started struggling or, or like first started questioning the way I looked uh, because until then, I was so okay with like being muscular, being like strong because it yeah. was important for my sport and like now I was in college and I had like a couple experiences at parties and I was talking to boys for the first time. Yeah. All <laughs> of that was happening, so as like a teenager uh, or like just like fresh out of Home, yeah. Um, I was like, wait, I'm not able to go to these parties. And I know it sounds like frivolous and stupid right now, but as a kid, like, you want to do these things, you want to be people, yeah. And like, going back to how high school was never like the socially, I was never a social butterfly, like, I was the opposite of that. Um, never went to parties, so kind of just like wanted to explore that side of me in college and um acting as well music and all of these yeah. other things so i was like let's do that actually it's it, like it's never too late to start doing something that makes you happy yeah um and i'd done swimming for 10 years almost at this point so i was like you know it's it's okay if i want to change the paths yeah. um and starting from scratch and quitting something is obviously like terrifying it's so scary um because you've been in it for so long where it's like your identity um and a lot of the times like society will make you think like, oh, you quit this thing. Like, that, quitters never win, winners never quit. Like, yeah. that was the thing that was ringing in my head. But now that I have quit something and like found something that actually makes me so happy and excited to wake up in the morning and start a new day, I can like, if anyone's listening to this, like, and they've had that like, you know, sort of calling, but they're not able to do it for some or the other reason, like yeah. this is your sign to just go for it. Start, don't compare your page one to someone's page 543 yes <laughs> you know yeah like don't don't make yourself go through that but the when you start like that's the sparking moment and like it's just every day after that like will if you show up every day you put in the work you be consistent there is nothing that will stop you from like achieving whatever you want
0: that's what all of this is what you just said that's the beginning of I my know. journey so everything you said just like
1: I me in my heart <laughs> I'm, and i'm so proud of you like i the reason i'm here today is one obviously i want to support every endeavor that you ever want oh. because you will achieve so much greatness i can see it but also like i just generally want this to be a moment for anyone that's like listening to this or watching this that like if she can do it what's stopping me yeah. from like doing what i want to do you know yeah. so that's that's awesome and i love really like is you were able to take a step
0: away from something you had known your whole life right and you're able to think independently and you're able to look within and say is this working for me or is it not I think it's important goes to show that sometimes we should we should constantly be questioning kind of what we're used to and what we've been led to believe and what actually intrinsically makes us happy I think one thing that I've learned through therapy and well, we'll get to mental health but one thing I learned back in therapy in California was it's so important to listen to that inner voice and that gut because it's talking to you but there's a lot of noise it's easy to have that get drowned out but if you just are alone you stop you pause you listen it's there i agree and i think when you listen to that is one of the most beautiful and serendipitous
1: things in life happen genuinely I,
0: I really do believe
1: that you you put it so beautifully and i like, think that like being in silence is so important yes. whether it's just for those like five minutes in the morning um or at night or whatever it is but mm-hmm. your intuition will guide you to your light yeah um and that like subconscious will always kind of speak to you like whenever you have a sixth sense about a job or a person or whatever it is do not ignore it i think it's so important to be um honest with yourself even though sometimes it's hard to digest what you're feeling
0: yeah sometimes uh, that's the scariest thing is just accepting the reality and confronting yeah. it not for anyone else but for yourself to yeah. admit to yourself first yeah that maybe this isn't all that i thought it was and maybe i need to change directions and said, Speaking of that, I want to talk about
1: your journey to NYU. So Mm -hmm. let's let's talk about that change of paths. Yeah, when I visited my sister uh, very often and the reason of visiting her very often was because I was um, struggling at Wesleyan mentally. Um, So I was, I wouldn't want to say that I was diagnosed with depression because I was not, but I was going through a lot of um, like symptoms of it. Okay. Um, I to a point where like my mom and dad were either going to come to pick me up or I was gonna go back to India. Wow. Okay. Um, kind of thing. Like, okay. and I I couldn't put a pin on why like why I was feeling that way. Um, but I was yeah like going back to my parents. I think they were so so supportive during that time. Whatever I needed, like they were ready to do that, even if that meant like losing so much of you know investment, vibe, yeah. like money, time, energy, everything. Um, but yeah, I had that option thankfully therapy uh, was yeah. very good. um that like i am like the biggest fan of it honestly yeah. I, like uh, i think every it really just helps you and i think the stigma is going away and it should go away even faster yeah um, you should eradicate it completely but i remember that one like one day where i was could not stop crying like just tears going down and um I called this, uh, the organization at school called CAPS. I was like, hi, I need to book a session. And they were like, we have availability like a month from now. And I was like, no, I need help today. (laughs) And if I don't get it, like something bad will happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. It was like, it was just a bad day for me and thankfully they made time like they got it was like an emergency thing so i went and i just it was um the, th- the therapist that i was there psychologist or counselor who i don't know exactly what their title was but they were just the the nicest human being to me that day and i needed that yeah uh, because sometimes just like having someone who doesn't know you personally but would be empathetic and listen to you we all need it. it it's exactly what i needed and to just let my emotions flow honestly like there was no holding them back anymore um and that was cathartic it was very it was needed and i think um had i not had that day i would have still been struggling but that entire those few months were very hard for me and i realized that i was actually looking for more um looking for more in life i didn't know what i was looking for uh, but i felt like connecticut would not be the right place for me right uh, and new york because, so I kept coming back and I was like, wow, there's really no dearth of opportunity, opportunities, events, and people in New York City. Yeah. Like, there is a space for everyone. And Absolutely. there's a reason they call it the city of dreams and, yeah. you know, where dreams come true and all. And, like, Take I don't want to be cliche about it, but I just felt like I would meet my potential if I was in in a place where people were doing the same. Like-minded individuals, you just surround yourself with Exactly. Them. Like, I've never, ever felt not motivated when i wake up and i like go to an event here uh and i'm like wow everyone's doing their own thing they're just like charting out their own path yeah look at you doing what you're doing today you know like you're going for it and i think that's so so inspiring and you can uh take it as like oh she's doing so much like should i be insecure or the way i see it is like she's doing so much that's so inspiring how can i do whatever i need to do yeah you know um so i think it's it's a great place to be in and that's why i transferred i applied to nyu like soon after and um, honestly then re- did not have too much help there like my yeah. parents i didn't even tell them actually for the longest oh, time wow. i was just like i think i need to do this for myself yeah and let's see if i get in and then i got in and then yeah yes, yeah so just, yeah so
0: what year was this that you transferred into nyu so what year were you entering and what what major
1: did you go in for yeah Okay. and I knew that I wanted to be uh, in business school as well uh, so I wanted to take some courses at Stern and yeah. marketing and doing. so that's the path that I went down on but this was in 2019 uh, when I just and I was a freshman in 2019 Okay. But 2020 COVID happened in March right. so we all had to go home and then I took one semester at NYU online okay. when I was in India during this time i uh really started struggling with my body image okay and yeah, I'll it was, it into that. yeah uh so i think when i was in india i realized that like oh there is such a thing called calories and like the lesser you eat calories the lesser you would weigh and the more people would like you and just to understand what well, this was also stemming from maybe feeling a bit more muscular while you were in the swimming space or was this was this unrelated Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a consequence of multiple different factors, right? Like, when I was in high school and middle school, um, one, I was obviously the tallest girl in in the grade. Um, Plus, I was not skinny. Like, I was not, you know, like, scrawny or skinny or anything. I was a strong, muscular girl. So I was, um, found myself in situations where I saw couples, like, cute sixth graders dating, and I was like, I don't have that luckily i never felt like i wanted that either because i was so involved and like so dedicated to my sport at the time that i didn't think that i was missing out on anything um but when i came to college i felt like i need to look a certain way in order for for me to be in certain relationships sure um and yeah i think that i was a very very vulnerable 18 year old um so i came back and i realized that girls weren't eating Seeing that trend here or there no. or both everywhere? No, I actually didn't see it in India. Okay, I know it it happens there, it happens everywhere. I didn't see it when I was young. In, in what settings did you see that in New York? At college, just in school, okay. Yeah, I, like I would normal... see like after like swimming practice, some of the athletes that were guys would just eat a lot and then the girls would be watching over what they ate, which is not the worst thing, obviously, when you're making healthy choices, but if you're making less choices because of like you know uh, just not taking enough, not nourishing your body the way you should, that's when it gets yeah dangerous yeah. and alarming. Um, but yeah at the time like I wish I had, um, I wish I had like studied about it, I wish I had studied how to maybe like lose weight in a healthy way, sure. but I didn't know how. I didn't like have the patience or the knowledge at the time or the maturity to kind of like look at it in a sustainable way so I went down the path of starving myself okay. uh, and just like cutting food groups out immediately like carbs are bad fats are bad like this I can't eat that I can't eat and okay. it was like now I want to to whoever is like listening it's so important to give your body everything Yeah. Uh, because one you will reach a point within like one three months maybe when your body is in famine mode where it'll start saving and storing all of the things that you're eating so like at some point your metabolism like will plateau and you won't lose any more weight yeah in fact whatever you eat will now be like your body will be like oh my god i don't get enough so i'm going to have to save this because what if like i go into famine mode again so that way i think it was like um i learned through the hard way of like what starvation does to you and like not eating is not the answer yeah right amount of exercise and moderation is you know yeah um so anyway those like few months when i was in india i lost all the weight that i like had yeah. on me uh, and because i'm tall as well i would have like moments where people would be like you should start modeling yeah. because also i at the time like i wanted to do acting and I'm, i liked acting a lot uh, so because I have no connections to like Bollywood whatsoever, most girls would have to go through the modeling route. Yeah. Um, And so I did, I got scouted by an agency in in Delhi and um, I kind of like had you know that gut feeling, that sixth sense that this maybe is not gonna be the best thing, but I signed that contract anyway and um, it was... It taught me a lot those few months of like going to you know going to my agency speaking to the people who were mentoring me and being body shamed by them honestly and still being okay with it because it was their job and my job to, to show up still and be a face not a voice Jeez. yeah um, so yeah I think the modeling part was uh, was extremely interesting In a lot of ways, well, I had a lot of fun. Like, it wasn't like I was just having a bad time. Like, it was great because I was getting attention and I was getting, like, good outfits and being in fashion. And, like, I've never explored that part of me. So I was definitely enjoying it. So I have nothing bad to say about modeling as an art, but as an industry or as, like, the expectations that young girls have to live up to. uh, Because, like, we won't speak of it, but it's there. And no. you will be, like, you know, uh, treated a certain way or uh, not treated in a way uh, which you would want to be. I think that just comes with, like, that industry. But
0: that's the thing about it. It's the highs and the lows. I yeah. think that's what makes it so unhealthy is you get stuck on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's like being in, an, in a toxic, unhealthy relationship. It's yeah. like the highs are high, lows are low, and you're, you're stuck for the ride. And yeah. I, I think it makes total sense that we've mm-hmm. got to that point yeah you were eating less and you were starving yourself so how long did this go on for and what was kind of the the worst event what was the turning point yeah
1: so i signed that contract some sometime during the summer so like june or july or something and then i finally quit in december um, uh Noel, what year is this in 2020 okay so just a few months of modeling um and i realized that like and i was thinner than i am today and i was still told that i'm not thin enough wow so which is why like i I realized it was maybe not the industry that I wanted to be in for too long uh, because I, was bec- I liked what I saw in the mirror, but I did not like who I saw. I was constantly hangry. I was, hangry is obviously anger induced by hunger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was becoming a person that I was not proud of. Uh, so, so, like, excruciatingly, like, microscopically assessing every inch of my body and yeah. being like, oh, I'm fat. When I was like, there was no fat. Um, i was also like not not there not present with my family because yeah. i was so fixated on like certain like aspects about you know looking a certain way which makes you realize that like that's not the end of the world it's so important to be beautiful on the inside because nobody that you love or loves you will care about whether or not you're like two kgs heavier yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Really, they really don't if I didn't want you to be 2K like just so that you're happy yeah. <laughs> um, that's what we don't
0: realize is love is not conditional
1: exactly so once I realized that, like, this was not just affecting my relationship with people around me but also with my own self where I was like do I recognize who I am do I want to be this person yeah. uh, do I think that I, I am happy or this is giving me happiness again so I like met with that and I was like okay so it means quitting again but so so be it like, Try, yeah. let's keep trying now let's let's explore everything two three things that i realized out of this though was like i really enjoy being in front of the camera yeah um and the other thing is that i want to be more than a face i want to be in front of a camera but i just i don't just want to smile and you know i, I want to have a story and i want to say it out loud so that's when i stumbled upon content creation and a lot of people ask me like was that Plan like did you did you know that you wanted to be, uh, you know, a content creator this one? I'm like absolutely not. Like, I think everything happens for a reason, and um, one thing led to another, and I found myself being uh, honest about my experiences in the modeling industry on Instagram. And I was yeah. like, I think some people might resonate with what I've been through, uh, so let's just share. What's the worst that can happen? Like, maybe it'll just be something that people scroll past, and it's fine. Yeah. Right, so I did speak of it, and it was a reel, and at the time Instagram was trying to push reels. Ah, okay. Um, good timing. So a very good timing. Yeah, uh, I didn't know. Obviously, it was not a calculated decision. It sure. was just something that, like, I was exploring with. Like, it became like a creative outlet for me. Yeah. Um, but putting my story to it, and obviously having like, um, my experience written down, word like in words. Uh, helped a lot of people, and I could see that like people were commenting on the reel and messaging me on the set on a, on the side. Like this really helped me. This like reminded me that like inner beauty is very important, or like being uh being in love with who you are and being yeah. okay with like letting things go is so so crucial in order to like just be content at the end of the day. Uh, and so I was like, so it was one video and then another video that I posted, and within two three weeks they blew up. Wow. so I had like 2 million or 3 million views on one of them that's and then crazy. I was like do people want to listen about this like do should I make more content about it and that's when I like within I think it was a uh, again it was like not a decision that I thought through that much but I realized five six posts in that I was really enjoying the, the community aspect of yes. it so I was connecting with real people Yeah, um, and people who I did not know uh were finding me and like, you know, being like this impacted me for the better and I remembered to eat today because of this video. Yeah. And I was like, that's that no better feeling than that. Not even a gold medal at the Nationals could give me that yeah. joy, you know. Um so I was like, wow, this is this is great. And if if a platform like Instagram, which once upon a time was not the best for me because I would go sure. there to compare myself with other people uh, to their happening lives or their social lives or how beautiful how thin how fashionable like if I can use that platform to transform other people's lives and my own why not Yeah, if we use it productively and judiciously I think every social media app that is like is a boom not yeah. not a bad thing you know. so one thing led to another and i changed my username from kushi jen something to she talks and so when was the official rebrand, re-brand oh, i think it was like august of 2021 okay
0: wow so it's, it's a been little over two years now a little
1: over two That's years now incredible
0: yeah wow. and I, and what i love about that is you're listening to your inner voice and so these serendipitous things naturally happened around it i think that goes back to the point we we're talking about earlier is you just need
1: to listen you to yourself and i was quitting modeling i told my mom i was like mama i don't want to just be a face i want to be a voice yeah um and i wanted a story uh i wanted to have my story be heard because i everyone has a story yeah and everyone's going through something that no one knows anything about yeah and if we're just all honest and vocal about it i think everyone can just be more at peace with what they're going through and also see that it's not going to last forever like,
0: yes this delight. too
1: shall pass kind of thing
0: you know? absolutely absolutely and i i have had a similar experience in social media. i know that there's a lot of negatives that come from it and i yeah. well i'll be the first to admit i've gotten stuck in a negative thought loops and insecurities and all that it happens of course but i think ultimately like if you can find a way to leverage your platform for good and, and shine light on the topics that people shine away from one thing that i struggle with on social media is I think there's a lot of service level content curated to make people feel bad about themselves. I think yeah. there's a lot of that out there. So if you can rise above that and do something a little different, I think, I think that's why it hits. And it was such a big hit for you because people don't have the ability to look themselves in the mirror, admit they have a problem and, and, and learn from it and then talk about it. That requires so much emotional intelligence and grace and eloquence to do all of those things in a sequential and successful manner. And the fact that you pulled that off is just, mind boggling and I, I know I, I see the stuff you post, I see your comments, I see the DMs you, you you share with others to inspire. It's like there are people that have actually their lives have changed from seeing your content and that is you can't quantify that impact. That just is. That's who you are and it's so beautiful. So tell me a little bit more about social media, and kind of what opportunities that's led for you in the, the present
1: day. Yeah. Oh my God. It's honestly changed my life. The fact that I am one living in New York City doing a job that makes me so excited to like wake up in the morning and I don't just say that for like being an influencer I actually mean my like full-time job yeah Uh, I'm employed by this amazing company called true yeah and um, I've given a TED talk I've been on BBC I've been on so many different like news platforms I've been on podcasts before and it's all because of Instagram yeah and so whenever whenever I think about like how this little app has like changed my (laughs) life and has changed so many people's lives, honestly. I think it's wonderful. And I think it's like the future. Yeah. Um there is you can do absolutely anything. All it takes is a little bit of faith, a little bit of delusion. But thankfully I was a student in college and I had the time. So I just like kind of went all in. Um and one thing led to another and I even the job that I'm doing right now is because of social media I got it because I was following this person who connected me to another person who they were following they were like oh they're hiring and they were looking for a social media like content creation personality and I was like this is such a right fit for me because it's the perfect blend between like fitness and health yes and um I yeah I think it's just it's a, it's crazy how like things fall into your lap and like yes. what's meant for you will you kind of
0: I absolutely believe in that. I do think that when something's
1: right, things just fall into place and it's just like, wow. And one last thing that I think Instagram has given me is making me meet all of my best friends. Um, Like I have had these like online relationships which went offline at some point and I was like, we have so many points of commonality that like you just make me feel so safe, heard, valued. See, you're one of them. You're one of these people, uh, Sandy. Like I will absolutely you know we we obviously met in person the first time we yeah. met but seeing your content on tiktok i was like this girl has some substance she has intelligence she has had some experience in her life that is making her do something that will help other people thank you for saying which that. is why i like i wanted you in my life because i want i want to surround myself with good people who are doing things for themselves because like are not afraid to put in that work you know, because I don't know if you've heard this quote, but you are the sum of the five people that you surround yes, yourself with. absolutely. And so, mm-hmm. one, I'm extremely, extremely grateful to the platform itself to, like, honestly, connecting me to, obviously, the world, but yeah. then also ha- helping me find those, like, five or six people that I can call home. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I think that's such a beautiful thing, and it's uh, social media is just, it's so incredibly powerful in its ability to bring people together. Yeah. And on the topic of bringing people together and forming these sort of friendships and relationships, I want to switch gears a little bit. So I want to hear about your general philosophy about welcoming people into your life. I know we touched on that a little bit, and it doesn't have to be romantic. I want to talk about platonic connection too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, So my mentality towards any new person is that they could be my best friend. So why not give them a chance, (laughs) you know, and I've had, I've, Thankfully I've had some wonderful relationships like growing up, some of them are still in my life, some of them are not Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people have gone through this, I'm not the only one but I can, I've spoken about this publicly uh, where I had you know uh, a falling out with one of my really really good friends uh, who was so close to my heart and I was, it felt like a breakup and it was heartbreak. But it taught me so much. It taught me how to be there for myself. It taught me how to be very, very independent. And it taught me how to have that self-respect going into any other relationship that I put myself in. Um, And not to say this in a pessimistic way or like having my walls up in a bad way. But like when you have your walls up just a little bit, it actually helps you because you will only let them down if the other person has shown you that you can trust them. Yeah, so now my like mentality going into any relationship is that one there is a certain level of detachment. Um, in, again, not in a negative way. No, it's it's self preservation. Yeah, I understand. It's, it's it's a way that I am okay with or without. Yeah. Obviously, you are welcome. Yeah. Uh, and I will celebrate our time together. Yeah. But like when I am away, when I am by myself, I am complete. I don't need anything to like fill this there is no void to be filled and i think that's important because when you're filling voids with
0: people in your life that's when you start building codependent unhealthy relationships and i think that is those are always the downfall
1: yeah yeah no i think that way going back i think everything somehow gets related to my childhood um because i was so relying on my sport for like yes i mean i was so heavily involved in my sport that i didn't really have like a boyfriend or a friend that i would like you know use as my safe person it was mostly just like the water
0: and i think one thing that we've also talked about offline is recognizing your self-worth mm-hmm. and i want to go a little bit into that were there any key moments or, or key learnings that you've had in your life thus far that you feel like really establish your sense of self
1: okay i love that question because i don't i don't think i can pinpoint like one particular sure. moment i think it's multiple different moments all the way from like um having great times in school uh where I was you know having lunch by myself when I would feel like okay like how how do I talk to myself and be able to hold this conversation one without getting bored two without feeling like someone's judging me and just being my own person right now um to a point where when I was in college by myself and having those difficult conversations of whether I wanted to swim or not and still like not Having swimming or like acting or a particular gig or a friend dictate my self worth, but like seeing these things as like external from who I am, yeah. so like whether or not they were a part of my life, I would still be the person that I am. So, dating in New York, I think, was one of <laughs> really, like taught me a lot because, Jesus, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was. I mean, I honestly have no bad things to say about it because even if like you're 10 dates in and you haven't found your person you're finding yourself every time yes you know you're getting you're like learning more about what you want and what didn't happen so like when i was early on like freshman year like sophomore year when i went on dates i realized that like if i really liked the guy and he would not reciprocate i would find myself doing things which i would not do as a 22 year old khushi that I did when I was like 20 or 19 yeah and which makes me realize that like I had to go through a lot of those episodes in order to find now the person that makes me so happy basically everything that I've been through has made me realize one choose distance over disrespect yes yes, you know yes. choose peace over drama yes and choose yourself over others as bad as that sounds not selfish you have to be selfful you have to be totally okay with being by yourself, yeah, and then I think at some point someone who's the right person for you will come along. And... I love that so much, and
0: I think it's interesting that you you brought up dating in this realm and how your actions and, and course of thought has evolved from younger to, to present. I think that's love is such a powerful emotion, and I think what I what I love about love, I'm a big lover girl, as you know, yeah. is I think it really brings out different sides and thoughts and emotions of people that i don't think necessarily come out in friendships or in work or in school i think it really opens up a deeper part of your experiences your traumas your insecurities your strengths your weaknesses and i think it's so beautiful to see that come together in the form of of an experience and and kind of how that shapes you and impacts you and and a a little bit similar to what you say is you know i'm it's no secret everybody knows on my tiktok that i want to find a life partner and settle down as soon as i can that'd be great um, and, and in that experience, I've noticed such a shift in who I am now versus who I was literally just a couple years ago. Yeah. And I think you have to go through that stuff when you're younger, where you do receive that disrespect. Yeah. And you don't have respect for yourself, so you you put up with it and you stay. Right. And I think the most important thing I've learned is to preserve your self worth and walk away. And yeah. now in New York in the adult world, I, I haven't thank God, like knock on wood or something, but I haven't had a single negative experience. And I think it's because in the early innings, I see the sign and I'm done already. There's, there's no, I think once you go through that experience and you know what you're worth, you have the power to walk away. And I think it's so beautiful because you've had your journey, but now you're in this happy, loving, incredible relationship. And
1: I I just want to know, what have you learned about yourself through that? One, I think, the person that you're supposed to be with or the person that like is finally the right person for you you have to have a lot of similarity in your values yeah huge um, huge and, huge. and I, I was listening to this podcast uh, a couple months before I met shaurya and I, uh, I heard the person say I think it was Mel Robbins or it was uh, Rob Dial uh, but they said that write down all of the qualities that you want in your significant other uh and when you have that list be that list yes and when you are everything that you want in your significant other you will also attract someone similar so for Mm -hmm. me that was obviously like being close to my family i wanted the person that i'm with to be very like family oriented to have some like affinity to fitness and like also respect for women was very very huge. huge um all not just respect for women but also wanting to be with someone who is a working individual and like is standing up and financially independent and I I want to hold myself to those like expectations. I always want to be that independent girl yeah. um who's you know doing things by herself for herself kind of thing and I think when I met him I, I realized that he was looking for something very similar. Wow. So it was a very like organic way and I love that we met organically through people that I love always the best. Yeah yeah. It's um so yeah i think i've found parts of myself where uh, i've realized what i am individually and what i am as a girlfriend and yeah. uh who, who i want to be even like obviously every relationship comes with moments where you think about things of how you would conduct yourself if it was just you versus now that you're with someone like you have to compromise on some things you have to be adjusting you have to like you know um uh, but 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 the other person first in in some ways and I see him doing that as well so I want to do that as well like kind of absolutely
0: I think it has to be a two-way street I love what you said about whatever you want in a partner you have to make sure that you're able to bring that to the table yeah. fully and, and on your own yeah and you have to be self-sufficient in that manner and I love that because I think something I, I mentioned in another episode too is, is it's really important for us to realize that we can't just be asking for things. It's not Christmas, you know, it's it's you have to be able to bring something to the table oh, I don't hear and you have to ask for something that's fair. And I, I always say, you know, people always tell me like, Oh, like, you know, you have high standards and I'm like, No, I just conduct myself with it's such a caliber and I expect my partner to meet that requirement too. Yeah, I carry myself with with Empathy and kindness and grace and wishing the best for people and I will take nothing less of my life partner nothing Oh my less. god, I love that you say that because I think that like no one should be settling for the bad minimum I think so too and, and it's it's crazy because there are so many people out there That do and it's it's sad because you see situations where people are stuck in it for life And, and it's heartbreaking and people but I think one thing that's really important is in South Asian households it is very common for us to not be able to recognize unhealthy behavior patterns in the generation above right. and i have seen that in front of my own eyes and i've, I've experienced i say i've seen that manifest in the ugliest of ways in our generation mm-hmm. and all behavior patterns are it's, it's all learned behavior if you see if you see your dad not treat your mom right then you're not going to treat your wife right and, it, and it's so heartbreaking and it's so sad And i really implore the people listening to this To try to dig within and understand what behavior patterns have you learned as a child in our culture, and our community that are against that healthy image. And and what can you do and how can you work on yourself to bring what you want to the table? I I think it's really important to, to do that.
1: Dissecting every experience that you've had and standing your ground when you put your foot down and you're like, I do not want to be in a similar situation from somebody that I've seen not having a healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, and so being okay with the fact that like I would rather not have one over settling for disrespect exactly you know and to your point I think a lot of people in the South Asian like community where this society kind of destigmatizes divorce or like separation or whatever it is like if there's a single mother or like uh, a person who's not married is is talked about yeah you know and not the not the best light but if you really go into these houses and you see couples that are together not all of them are happy now and it breaks my heart to think that like the person who's getting backlashed for not being in relationships probably happier yeah um and so uh, if we can do anything for our generation going forward as one being very okay and receptive do people not like if compatibility is not something that happens naturally don't force it yes because i feel like the children also suffer in the process i absolutely agree and i think that that's an unfortunate reality for a lot of us and
0: our representative for a lot of our experiences yeah and it's sad but i think it's important to be the one to break the the generational cycle we talked a lot about the past and the present but Let's take a little peek into the future do you have any yeah. plans location-wise what you want to be doing with
1: your career your content oh my god um okay so i have this fun story and i have this little tattoo oh um and so it's a paper plane and a lot of people ask me like what it's for um and it's it's a symbol it's a it's a metaphor for basically that i want uh my life to go in whatever wind, uh whatever direction the wind steers me towards <laughs> so i kind of like don't have a plan Good. and I'm totally okay with that like I just want to follow my heart honestly and uh, let one experience kind of guide me to the next yeah um I do think that I know what I enjoy so like it it will be in a in a field where I'm connecting with people uh so whether it's within marketing or whether it's like uh doing event planning or something I don't know yet
0: yeah uh
1: but I also have um I I dream of impacting people in a positive way So whatever I do, I want it to be bigger than me. And uh, I'm also totally okay with like not being in in an industry that like is making a lot of money as long as it is giving me a lot of joy.
0: Yes, that's one of the key themes of this show is understanding what it is that our American dream is. Yeah. And does it have to be a multi-million dollar house or can it be something that's more fulfilling
1: in in a more moderate kind of lifestyle? And I think I agree. And honestly, like I've always grown up in like a upper middle class family like I've never been from the rich class of people so I'm totally okay with not having that yeah there's no nothing missing out from my life like if I don't have a a brand bag like it's totally fine as (laughs) long as I'm going to bed content and happy and I'm waking up the next day with a smile on my face and I have little activities in the day that (laughs) give me joy like that's all I need no I,
0: I completely agree and I think I think it's so important to have that humility and and, and ability to want to live within your means and just focus on what really does make you happy. And you know what? I'll I'll play devil's advocate for some people it is money and that's fine. They totally should go for it. But I think that it's beautiful to be able to have an open and vulnerable conversation with people that think in different ways. And I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate all of your time. Thank you so much for coming on today. It has been a pleasure and an honor. I will link her social media below. She has a lot to teach the world. So please do listen to her wise words. But anyways, thank you all so much for tuning in. And I'm your host, signing off.